Our first reading for this evening comes from the book of Acts, the fifth chapter. But Peter and the apostles answered, We must obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things, and so is the Holy Spirit, whom God has given to those who obey him. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But a Pharisee in the council named Gamaliel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while. And he said to them, Men of Israel, take care what you do about these men. For before these days, Theudas rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas, the Galilean, rose in the days of the census and drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fail. But if it is of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. So they took his advice, and when they had called the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching Jesus as the Christ. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Gospel according to St. John, the 20th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of anyone, they are forgiven. If you withhold forgiveness from anyone, it is withheld. Now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails, and place my finger into the mark of the nails, and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and see my hands and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. This is the gospel of the Lord. 
Praise to you, O Christ. We can Grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is from the Gospel lesson, John chapter 20. Hear again these words. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. Well, it's a little bit different than it was last week at this time. Some of the polish has worn off of the Easter celebrations. Still great music, not quite the crowds of last week. Some of the lilies are gone. Others are looking like they probably should be gone soon. It's not the same. It's a bit of a letdown today. But imagine what it was like on that first Easter evening for the first disciples. Talk about a letdown. The disciples had been followers of Jesus for three years of his public ministry. And in the past week, they had seen him betrayed by one of their own, arrested, sentenced to death on the cross, even though he had done nothing wrong. They had followed him to that cross. They had seen his agony. They had seen the end of his life. And he was placed in a tomb. Now they're gathered together in the upper room, maybe the same upper room they were in on Monday, Thursday. Their numbers have dwindled. Jesus is gone. Judas the betrayer is gone. Their ministry is in decline. And they're afraid. The door's barred. Their solution was to just circle the wagons, to keep to themselves, to take care of their own. Now their discipleship was ended. They had followed their teacher, that's what made them disciples, and now the following was over. Or was it? Was Easter over? Was Easter the end? Or was Easter a new beginning for the disciples? They soon learned that Easter was not the end. Jesus was no longer dead. The tomb was empty. He was raised from the dead. He was alive again. And that made Easter a new beginning. The risen Lord Jesus then appeared to them in that upper room. He showed them that he was alive again. And then Jesus sent them on a mission. Just as he had been sent on a mission. His mission had been to suffer and die on the cross. Not for anything he had done, but to pay for the price for sin. To pay the price for your sin and mine and the sins of all people. Because we deserved the punishment that he took upon himself on the cross. And by his resurrection from the dead, he had conquered sin and death and the power of evil. So instead of getting what we deserve for our sin, we and all who believe in Jesus and what he did for us on the cross receive God's gifts of forgiveness and his promise of everlasting life with him in heaven. That was the result of Jesus fulfilling his mission to save the world from sin. But now Jesus turns to the disciples, and he gives them a mission. They are to go and tell the good news of forgiveness and everlasting life 
through faith in Jesus to the entire world. He says, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. They were sent by Jesus on a mission. They could not hide in the locked room. They could not claim to be short on resources. Because if Jesus had given them the mission, and he had, then he would also provide what they needed to complete that mission. God gave them an immediate opportunity to start sharing the mission. Thomas, one of the disciples, had not been with them that first Easter evening. And the first opportunity to share the good news came to Thomas. When they saw him, they said, We have seen the Lord. So how did that first mission opportunity go for the disciples? Thomas is not convinced. He has doubts about what they say. He wants proof. He wants to see and to touch Jesus himself. Their first mission opportunity. Had they failed? No, even though at first glance it would seem so. But when we look more carefully, they had not failed. Their witness had an effect on Thomas. He did not reject the message entirely. He wanted to know more. He wanted to see for himself. And then, a week later, the Lord provided all that was necessary for the disciples to carry out their mission and to succeed. For Thomas, Jesus appeared again to the disciples, this time Thomas with them, and he told Thomas, touch him. Stop doubting and believe. And God does the same thing for everyone. He provides the power through his Holy Spirit for people to believe. It's not up to the witnesses. It's not because of eloquent words. The power is not in the power to persuade people to believe. It's not in convincing arguments. It's God's word that has the power. God's Word, His Holy Spirit working through that Word, provides the power for people to believe. The power of that Holy Spirit is unleashed every time the Word of God is proclaimed. Just as Jesus breathed on His disciples and gave them the power of the Holy Spirit, so He has provided for us everything that we need to fulfill the mission. Because you see, the mission of those first disciples, it's our mission now. Telling others about Jesus is the mission of all of his disciples, including you and me. Like the first disciples, we can declare we have seen the Lord. We have seen and heard the message of God's peace, his love, and his forgiveness. We were here to see the Christmas tree, then the cross, and then the empty tomb of Easter. And it's our mission to be witnesses, to tell what we have seen and heard, to share God's word through our words and our deeds. As a congregation, in fact, it is our purpose for being together. Everything that we do as a congregation must be to further the mission of telling the good news of Jesus Christ here at home and throughout the world. 
That's what we're here for in all that we do and all that we say as a congregation. The mission of God has to be given first priority. Like the first disciples, we may at times feel like we don't have what it takes to do the job. We may prefer to pull back a little bit and stay in the locked upper room, but we can't. We need to hear again what Jesus said. Peace be with you. The same Jesus gave us the mission. He also will provide everything that we need to get the job done, to put our faith and our trust in him and to share that faith with others. God has indeed richly blessed us, individually and as a congregation. We must never forget why. Because we have been faithful to his command, as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Amen. May the peace of God, which goes beyond all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Please.